And let me do it like this. I have the beautiful Shirley King on the phone with me right now. In the eyes of many others, including myself, you are beautiful. That's why you tell me to get me a glass of wine. <laughs> well, that's on you. <laughs> you I'm going to relax. Yes, relax. I'm sit down. I'm going to relax. Shoot the question. Do you have any music on YouTube? Ah, yeah. Google search Shirley King, daughter of the blues. And then you go, it'll take you to YouTube. And my first CD is on there. My second CD is on there. Beautiful. The other CD is on there because the record label is promoting it. And they got me all on Spotify and everything. I wouldn't have never been able to do that had not if the record label didn't do it. What was your first CD called? The first CD was a real traditional blues CD. And that was because of the musicians were very traditional and they you know was old-fashioned like and they recorded me doing more traditional blues ah, so okay. uh, the band leader was named jimmy Dotson. he's very famous in the blues circuit and he's way famous over in europe because europe is the place that really honor and treat the blues with respect mm. you know mm. so it's hard people like that that didn't get famous because Right. The radio stations don't really play the blues. Right. You know, very few radio stations. Every now and then somebody will get a blues right. station and play it, but it don't go nowhere because they don't have enough followers to, you know, to uh, support the music because the young people don't listen to the blues. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's a different generation. Like, seeing the blues clubs, they're not interested in promoting us. All they do is use us. And then when we die, we got to beg people to yeah. have a fundraiser for somebody to bury us. Isn't that something else? I feel, yeah, I, I feel, my father talks about this a lot. If you go and listen to some of his interviews, you know, he talks about how, you know, the reason he had to keep on working like he was and did the hard, you know, had to do stuff is because we don't get the, uh, the airplay and stuff. We don't be on TV. You know. Right. Not the, anymore. Even right? at the Grammys. Even at the Grammys. Yeah. The Grammys show all the young people when everybody's looking at that night yeah. and they let the uh, blues part air in the daytime. Isn't that and something? The high part of, part of the Grammys on. They don't even show our music. You we know. The, uh, so, Shirley, just to, so <laughs> we understand everything going on, your father is the late, great B.B. King. Mm-hmm. And one of the pioneers of, of blues music, who really got it all over the world, globalized it. His name, right? Absolutely, right. Just thinking about that, I, they don't even mention the blues in the Grammys anymore. You know why? Because basically, if it wasn't for my father and some of the white boys that played the blues, it uh-huh. would never have been put into the Grammys. The only reason it got put in there because when he started recording with Eric Clapton, Stevie Ray Vaughan, and you know, all these white blues rockers, uh-huh. then they was able to tag along with them because I could do better for my father's legacy yes. if I had people supporting and helping me, but I don't have that. And that's your so plan. when my father was living, he was more famous from his touring days, not because of his records and mm. people here. They act like he only recorded one record, and that was the thrill of song. That was, his, was that his biggest hit? Well... If you didn't know no better, you would think it was. Right, but he had plenty. Song, you know, even if I mentioned that to some young people, 
being there for me with B.B. King, but some of his, you know, music that, you know, might have got a little attention, didn't get as much attention as The Thrill is Gone, because when he did The Thrill is Gone, he actually, that's when he was connecting with all these white rock bands and the Beatles and the, and the Rolling Stones and all that. So because they admired the music and admired B.B. King, you know, some would say, well, he wasn't the best guitar player. Yeah, but he played one note that you suckers couldn't play. Exactly. Okay? Your daddy, so, your, your father won 18 Grammys, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. he That's what I'm saying. He went to winning Grammys and doing all this stuff because he had a smart manager, and his manager only deal with just him. His, his manager didn't try to have a bunch of people to promote. He only promoted B.B. King. He only cared about B.B. King. And him and B.B. King were foolish. You know, in other words, was my dad wasn't man. working for his, his manager. My dad was partners. He was 50% partners with his manager. So B.B. King owned 50% of B.B. King. That's amazing. And at that time, yeah, it's amazing. that's amazing. I have to, I have to do what I'm doing because I know a lot of things that my dad was doing. I know the personal side of him because, you know, I live with him all now. Exactly. And that's why it's very important for me to tell the story, the real story. Everybody thinks they know my dad. I have people arguing with me. I'm like, excuse me, <laughs> do you fucking know who I am? Exactly. I have exactly. to remind them. I, I live with B.B. King. I know shit that you don't know. You're talking about some shit you research. B.B. King didn't put his personal stuff out there among people. He mm-hmm. he kept his stuff business or home. I'm sure. Let me ask you this. What was your mother like? My mother was one of the sweetest ladies you will ever want to meet. Her name was Mary Lisa Gilman. And she was very low-key you know, very kind of laid back and quiet. Mm -hmm. Her and my father had a great relationship because my mother, she wanted something that my dad couldn't give and she didn't get mad at it and, and, you know, and and try to hang on. My mama decided I want a husband. I want, my mama was like I am right now. Fuck the bullshit. I'm getting (laughs) me a husband. That's right. No more sleep around. No more, you know, no more my mama wanted a life where the man came home. Mama was a hustler, okay? Ooh, okay. My, ma- my mama get up in the morning, take people to the cotton field. Then anybody needs to go to the store, she was a taxi cab. Then on the weekend, she was going by beer and sell it over the weekend. She just naturally did not sit down. She wasn't a lazy lady, and she didn't hang on like some of the other kids' mother mm-hmm. being everywhere my daddy was with a hand out for money. Even when my mom's husband died, yes. she just didn't follow behind my daddy begging for money. She just kind of kept on living her own life and uh, taking care of her kids and grandkids. And, you know, when she got sick, they threw her away like she was an old shoe. Did your mom and, and dad, did they have a short relationship? Um, they had a till he died relationship because my dad respected her. So much because she didn't hang around Beautiful. holding her hand out for money. Okay. Uh, you know, she raised her kids. And one time, my stepfather got in an accident. And my daddy was such a great man. He wanted to still help my mom after she got married. When her husband was in an accident and couldn't work, 
My father came over with groceries for all her kids and gave them money. Oh, wow. You know, he just remained her best friend. That's beautiful. He, That's beautiful. You yeah. know, they remained friends. Every time I would see my dad, he would ask about my mom. Mm. And every time I would talk to my mom, he said, yeah, Shirley, you know, try to be nice to your dad because he's a good man. She's never said nothing negative about my father. They remained friends until he died. And then when mm-hmm. he had died, she had Alzheimer's and she couldn't totally remember. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you this little thing. I went and picked her up and by her dealing with that disease, you know, she pretty much had forgotten most of the stuff, but she would always remember her whole name, mm-hmm. her whole birthday. And she kept calling her father's name, which was Steve Jackson. Did you know him? Her father? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, because okay. I lived between both people, so I knew both sides of my family because my daddy wanted me to be able to be around my mom okay. when I wasn't going to school, and I was with his family when I was going to school because that's the agreement him and my mama made. They agreed to share me, and what would happen is that during the school year, I would stay with my father's family, and then in uh, when school was out, I would go out there to Arkansas and stay with my mom, which it got to be a situation where I didn't want to do that because if I was staying with my mom, I wouldn't get a chance to see my father. So I was so crazy about my father. I just sacrificed. I mean, he, his father would beat the hell out of me, but, but I wanted to be around my dad. So I took those beats. You know I what heard I mean? That. That's how much I loved him. I wanted to see him all the time. And I wouldn't have been able to do it if I had been staying with my mom. Because when he comes through, you know, he might have been just coming through and stopping right quick and then getting ready to leave again. He never stopped working. He worked 325 days one time for a full year when he was trying to get his stuff together. He worked every night of the week. But what it was, my daddy knew what it took to get where he was trying to go because you don't get that far being a blues singer, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even though he tried to carry stuff in a classy way, you know, do a lot for the music. So he always would say, if any of you guys want to be in the music thing, I'm working and making the way so y'all could get through the door. You know what I mean? Absolutely. He, he didn't That's what he tell none of us to do the blues. In fact, he kind of wished that, you know, especially the girls, he kind of wished that we didn't do it. But if we decided to do it, he wanted to make it where people respect him. That's why he worked right. so hard. He wanted to make it where we didn't have to work as hard as he did, you know. And he's been a workaholic ever since he came in the world. So let me ask you this. As a child, before you understood who your dad really was to the world, was music a part of you? You know what, Craig? I always knew who my father was. Mm. But, you know, like when somebody can to you, other people see the fame outside of you, okay? Mm-hmm. I always knew because I would hear his music playing on jukebox because back in the day, you know, in the country, you know, you go to a cafe, your music was coming out of a jukebox, you know, and then people back in the day, they knew my father, so they would always be saying, that's B.B. King's daughter, you know, because people start finding out that was my dad when I was probably about five, four or five years old. So I got a chance to live off my daddy's name even when I was a little girl. I always knew how to entertain because I would go around my father 
when he would be playing somewhere and he would pay his sister to bring me to, to the shows. Mm-hmm. And I would sit on that stage and watch him and Jane Brown and Jackie Wilson and Sam Cooke. Wow. You know, I, How old were you at that time? I started going to my daddy's shows when I was five going on six years old. Wow. Because my dad loved to dress me and my cousin up uh, and, and have us to come to the show. And he couldn't come home to see us, but he would let it be where we could come to the show. And he always just had us just fabulous. Oh, mm. my God. I remember some of my outfits. They were just, you know, my dad always liked to dress us up as he dressed up when he was out there new and up and coming. You know, you never see my father on stage with no gym shoes and jeans mm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. My father always dressed really, really sharp. Mm-hmm. He was wearing two-piece suits and all that. And he got that from his cousin. His cousin was a famous guitar college, the ones that played kind of like Robert Johnson. Mm-hmm. His cousin was Booker White, so you need to Google search that. Because Booker White was, uh, he didn't make it because he ended up getting locked up for doing something. But, right. you know, he moved to Memphis and, you know, did a few things, but he didn't get a chance to get as famous as my daddy. You know, everybody couldn't do what my dad was doing. He believed in what he was doing and he didn't play around with it. That's why I am a professional entertainer mm. on the stage. I've been I've been recognized all over the world yes, as indeed. an entertainer. First thing people say, Oh my God, you got a great voice and the other thing they always say about my showmanship, but nobody has never really told me I could sing. They always talk about my voice. So mm-hmm. for whatever that means, I'm thankful to God because that's how I always got my shows. Two things that I do very well. I entertain on the stage and people like my voice. Do you think that naturally comes? It comes from everybody on my mother's side is gospel singers or evangelists or mm. something in the church. All my mother's family people are religious people as ministers. They got gospel groups. They got everybody right. that's kin to my mama is in the gospel. My mm. dad was the only blues that, you know, I was surrounded with. They said I was going to end up being in show business because they the only one really saw me. Mm. My dad didn't get chance to see me when I was going to school. He was so busy. Right. When he finally did hear me sing, he said, honey, I didn't know you, <laughs> I I didn't know you could entertain like that. I said, daddy, you wasn't there. I said, but if you ever got a chance to meet some of my teachers right. and the people that saw me growing up and some of my friends and stuff, they could have told you. Did you start? Singing in the church? You know, yes. that's what we all sang. Yeah, absolutely. And I was up in that. I was up in the church acting like Tina Turner. They would have to calm me down. I, I, I thought when I sing, I'm supposed to shake something. And I was up in there. Not, and they were like, okay, not in church. Okay, now you, okay, you in church. Calm yourself down. Now I get this. And I have everybody up in the church just shouting and dancing. I've always been able to get some attention when I'm on that stage. And even in the church, you know, like I said, I had my one little special song. And people always have did the same thing. I get too much attention. Then I got everybody mad at me because everybody paying me attention. Did it so bother you? It did, and it still does. Because my dad always said that. He said, honey, honey. Right, right. 
stop worrying about people don't Absolutely. like you and everything. He right. said, everybody don't like me. Right. He said, but I don't give a damn about that because they ain't taking care of me and they ain't make, putting no money in my pocket. You got to stop caring what people think. That's right. And uh, yeah, it always did bother me. And when I came to Chicago, I didn't have no problem out of people because I wasn't singing at first. I was dancing for 21 years. And everybody started wanting to copy my style. As a kid, that's how I used to get everybody's attention when I was in school. I would get out on the dance floor and I just would tear it up. I always knew how to, to yes. do what I do. I'm very good at wanting to do something and then be the best at it. So when I was um, growing up in the South, you know, you go to them juke joints. I would walk out there every night with a pocket full of money because I would be dancing so so tough till the white people would come around on the black side and go to throwing me money and everything. And see, my mama always worked in a juke joint. Always. My mama was such a great cook and everybody loved her cooking. So every time when I would go and see my mom, I would end up going to work with her. And everybody in the in the joint would be, the yens would be gambling. And all the people, when I started dancing and everything, I had a I went and bought me a dress. I call it my twist dress, green and white. And I used to call that my twist dress. I would put that sucker on and it made me work harder than anything. <laughs> you know, it had the dress had a spirit in it. When I when I put that dress on, I go to twist it and I lean all the way back and then I get up and, and push down to the floor and everybody come over there and start throwing me money. Then I realized, ooh, I can make money dancing. So, yeah, every Saturday night, I was every Saturday and Friday, I was at the juke joint with my mom. You know, both of my parents, I was always in the midst of some kind of entertainment. Mm -hmm. We didn't have real bands sometimes. Sometimes we didn't have nothing but the jukebox. But then they would put my daddy's music on the jukebox, Mm -hmm. and I would hear people playing 3 o'clock in the morning, some of his 40s and 50s stuff. He got some pretty good stuff, but people only got stuck on what they right. started hearing after he did Why Sing the Blues and right. Every Day I Have the Blues and Rock Me Baby. He got some really good material. You don't win 18 Grammys off of one song. so Nope. nope. Yeah. When they connect you with the right people that's already famous already, your music going to get pushed. I mean, come on. You know, you singing with Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton already famous. Absolutely. So that's going to give B.B. King some attention. Absolutely. You singing with Stevie Ray Vaughan, he yep. wasn't famous when my daddy met him, but he got famous and had a young child following him around, and they put him on the stage, put daddy on the stage with Stevie Ray as an opening act. Mm-hmm. And Stevie Ray thought that was a slap in the face. Mm. How you going to have B.B. King my opening? But see, the promoter knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. The young people that knew Stevie Ray did not know B.B. King. So by him being put on this show with Stevie Ray and being a classy blues singer, that wasn't an accident. That was all well planned because my daddy always planned his stuff. He didn't just jump up and start doing nothing. He he organized himself because he felt like that was his calling. Mm-hmm. He would have been more famous from doing gospel if he had a, if his mother had kept on living. My father's mother was very sanctified. And my daddy would have never been a blues singer if my grandmother had kept on living. So did he do gospel to satisfy her at that time? 
No, he was doing gospel because that's all he was surrounded by. Okay. You know, all the family members, all the, you know, his mother, grandmother, everybody was sanctified. So when his mother died, he would go to the blues club and be peeping in through the window and see these blues people. He would be very inspired, but his cousin and two other guys didn't want to leave their family. He wanted them to go off and make a name as a gospel group, but they didn't want to do it. So when he had to go solo and he mm. went and played blues, guitar blues on the corner, street corners, and got money for playing the blues. And when he said the gospel people, the church people would come by and pat him on the head and say, boy, you're going to be something one day. Mm. You can't make no living doing something where people don't understand you're doing it for a living. Absolutely. I had to stop dancing because God didn't want me to stop dancing, whatever. Messed around, got broken. I went and said, look, y'all right. told me God didn't want me to dance, but right. I'm hungry. I need some money. Exactly. You know what they told me? You go home and we're going to pray for you. My dad had already warned me about that. I yeah. said, the hell with this. I went to the streets and I started singing on the streets. And every time I looked out in the audience, there they were standing yeah. out there watching. I think even though even though that was well before my time, I just think that there was a fear that God didn't want you to do anything but God things back then. But that was but that was the southern breed of people. The southern breed of people would go home behind closed doors and listen to that kind of music, but they were hypocrites because when they would come out, they want to look all religious and holy. But when they go home, and yeah. it was only probably about one, two, about three radio stations that would play some blues, and they'll listen to it at home. The devil, that's the devil's music. That's right. what they would call it. Right, and right. So, you know, my dad, like I said, he was surrounded by sanctified people that didn't want, you know, want him singing no nothing but, but gospel. He was in the church, and that's all he was exposed to. Mm. So he, you know, he got a, Gospel album, not too. Google searching, you'll see it on the internet. I think in the end, though, he would have went back and did a nice gospel album, kept on living. That's an interesting story. He has a gospel album. Do you know what it's called, or just Google it? And you'll... Just Google BB King gospel music. I'm gonna send you a link. I'm pulling some I'm stuff send... up right now. Just, just amazing to hear oh, that. A lot of people don't know I... some of these things. You need to get my book and read it. I sure will. This is just part one of our discussions. We're going to have a lot of them. Can you hear your dad in the background? And I said, oh. I can hear it a little bit. You know what? I got a mother telling me. I can see her. It's going to be a beautiful thing. 